0: Okay, this is Journeys in Podcasting and we're having an outdoor edition on the patio of Seabase. I'm sitting here with um, Epunk, who um, I believe is thousands of years old. (laughs) And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, hackerspaces, uh, how this is an alternative uh, learning environment. Um, So Epunk, how are you and uh, maybe you want to just tell us like uh, what is your position, role, involvement here at at Seabase?
1: Well, I started as a regular member in 2005. And since five years I'm the well, communications officer uh, of the station on the board. So if anybody, uh, anybody comes and wants to make an interview, wants to know something about the station, I'm usually the first person to do the, the first contact.
0: I did some surfing through your website looking at the kind of projects you guys did and um, after visiting the other night I was really impressed with this idea of uh, playful, creative technologies but to do serious things eventually. And so, for example, as I walked around, I saw sensors that are telling, like, how many beers are left in the refrigerator, uh, what's the volume at the bar like throughout the day, and there's graphs showing it hour by hour. Uh, I believe there's multiple others. I wanted to uh, talk about this project called um, Luftdaten, which um, I believe is based on this idea of the the micro particle sensors that are placed around the city. This is to address a very serious problem of premature deaths in the country and around the world due to air pollution. One part of solving this according to your data is uh, government-run measurement stations which are quite sparse and in some countries their, their published results can be very unreliable. To solve this open knowledge foundation, Germany started the Luftdaten uh, project to crowdsource air pollution data around the world. How is this a, a bigger part of kind of C-Base ideas to, to make um, technology creative and playful but it ultimately to solve very real problems? How does this work?
1: Well, we do have this uh, system aboard which uh, gives us uh, different kinds of measurements like uh, air humidity outside or temperature and when we heard about the project uh, with the Feinstaubsensoren um, we said okay we definitely have to put them in our system as well to find out uh, how is the air outside how is it inside do we need to open the window to get fresh air in uh, but also to like seriously uh, measure how how is the concentration here in this area and give that to the to the big map of uh, Germany
0: and looking at the map uh, much of Berlin is covered is the ultimate goal that these will be real data-serving devices or is it more of an exercise to awaken the public about this issue it's
1: both it's uh, wants to create a, a conscience about uh, the problems with the air pollution but I think people can help to actually give uh, more exact data if they put on these sensors on their balcony or whatever.
0: Looking through the past of um, how Motherboard has visited here and interviewed a couple of times in 2009-2014, so I want to talk about some of the comments from uh, these interviews. And one is about the um, the giant antenna in the middle of Berlin called the Fernseitung. Uh, and so, according to the article, the television's tower is not what everyone else thinks it is. It's the center of a space station and it functions as a transmitter. It wasn't built in the 1960s. It was exposed by agents who thought they were construction workers due to a post-zygote blocking they had. Certain parts of the actuation cause the ball on top of the transmitter to have two different energetic fields, and those have a bigger influence than the station itself. That makes it possible to leave the space-time continuum and to do intercellular travel. Now that C-base is kind of public fact, you can find it on a Google search on Google Maps, although your neighbors don't know who you are. uh, It it is findable. I I don't believe that we're all suffering from this post-zygote blocking. Um, What are the biggest problems that you all would like to help the planet with uh, on top of the air pollution?
1: Well, I think at the moment uh, it's much about uh, European Union laws, about Internet, about censorship, about data retention where well, we want to keep the net open and free, which is a real problem at the moment, if you look what kind of laws they try to get through. And there's a few few activist groups that uh, meet here that uh, check out how is the law making process going on and uh, how can we, well not interfere, but maybe give information so that they actually don't destroy the net with uh, the new laws where they want to make things better but at the end they won't.
0: This law went into effect in May of 2018. This net neutrality and and data protection, um, has that affected all of Europe and what has changed since then?
1: Datenschutzgrundverordnung, most of us think that it's actually a good idea because it gives more rights to the consumer and the user. Mm The problem is now that they try to uh, get a law for the upload filter so basically all the content that you want to upload on platforms like YouTube or uh, platforms where everybody can see them, uh, there will be AI censored while uploading like before you even put them on the net Mm -hmm. and that can be a serious problem. It's going to be decided on mid-September, so it's two more weeks or something like that.
0: So what are your movements? How do you spread this word? Um, how do you proselytize that that movement?
1: Well, for one thing we have uh, Nets Politischen Amt, the, the evening about net politics once a month here, done by the Digital Society of uh, Berlin. And they give information about how far the laws are in, what do they affect so that's like the information part Mm -hmm. and then we do have other groups who actively organize demonstrations and protests
0: Mm.
1: and a lot of people take part in these
0: demonstrations here as well are there more space stations like this all over the world Uh, and when asked this before um, The answer was, we discussed this a lot in the circle. There are people who believe in the multiple crash theory. Different groups all over the world organize themselves like we do, and that supports this theory. Berlin isn't the only center, but it is the oldest. Vienna, LA, Brazil, Italy, Spain, and Czech Republic will follow. Um, These comments were made a few years ago, but if you go on hacker.org and list the hacker spaces all over the world, um, there are spaces everywhere, Uh, even in Bogota, where I live there's a, a couple of different spaces, and Columbia hosts uh, a couple more. Um, what, what, is this, what is this network like? Is it, um, and I guess bigger questions are, what are the biggest hackathons to attend, both here in Berlin or, or worldwide? Um, and are there worldwide cooperative goals, like such as the hackathons? How much communication is happening between these spaces?
1: There's not so much official connection between the spaces. But we see that always when people from other countries, from other hacker spaces come here, Seabase is one of the first places they they visit mm-hmm. and they say hi and then we exchange knowledge uh, ideas on a more personal level. I'd say the biggest get-togethers of the Hackerspace are definitely the Chaos Communication Congress and the camp in summertime that that uh, takes place every four years. That's really the international big big events where, where uh, people meet.
0: Mm. And in the meantime you also, the space itself, um, host many events and organizations, is that? Yes, that's
1: true. We are a space station so we do provide space and not only the space but also the Infrastructure. We do have uh, the video projection system, we have uh, microphones, we have the possibility to stream and to record our talks, we do have the bar, we do have the toilets, we do have a place outside to sit and, and mingle afterwards.
0: Um, after visiting here one of the places that you all referred me to as an educator is the Chaos Computer Club because of the Chaos Machschule. So I went online and started looking at some of their um, literature and the Hacker Bible was most interesting. Uh, I haven't read the whole thing but what I did find in there is um, a lot of uh, maybe theory and, and philosophy that comes out of Um, some straight-up theory and philosophy and some science fiction uh, dystopias, mainly from the 60s and 70s. And one that really surprised me was this um, shockwave writer. In this story, the characters um, who have access to information, which is normally secret, enjoy um, a lot of economic advantages over those that are lacking such access to data. In the novel, data privacy is reserved for corporate entities and individuals who may then conceal wrongdoing. By contrast, normal citizens do not enjoy significant privacy. It almost sounds like they projected forward 30, 40 years and are talking about some of our modern moments, both politically, electronically, socially. Um, How does this relate to the work you all do here?
1: Well, we do believe that uh, public information should be free to access for everybody. We are officially a uh, club that does the education in software network uh, software hardware and networking and so we do try to teach people about these uh, issues and and give them access to to information
0: another theme in the book which it, which is the education system which is w- in the book completely dysfunctional teachers are unable to perform their jobs due to strictures and the only functional education is a system seen uh, uh, that is portrayed as like Tightly controlled schools, communities are either walled enclaves, or privileged, or largely lawless area, entirely, entirely lacking the protection from corrupt civil authorities. You talked about Seabase is a center of education, of, of teaching, and but this also a, a learning space, I assume as well. How do you see? longer term will there be more sea bases or will schools start to adopt some of these um, education methods as well
1: i hope that schools will adopt this these methods because right now think in germany the education about computers and how to use them are really bad if if at all there's a media competence which is like one of the most important things in, in, in my personal view. The teachers don't know anything about it, so how could they teach their the student anything? They all use media but they don't really have an idea what's what's behind it, what's the inflictions. And I see that as a as a serious problem. Basically the students have to learn that on their own or from from sources but I think in school there's hardly anything taught about it
0: so you're talking far beyond this idea of just creating things with the media but being able to decode your media environment around you that we teach literacy is basically like a reading and writing kind of media education.
1: literacy is the better translation than uh, competence yes mm.
0: And that is uh, everything from understanding the source of a website to understanding the, um, the coding behind all of the structures and surface things that we're using. How would you break down media literacy? I ask because I often hear media literacy is something very kind of specific to like a Roland Barthes kind of decoding sign, like a semiotics, whereas there's also informational literacy of understanding how to break down information sources and maybe more of a computer literacy or like an online literacy of understanding how and uh, what you're looking at. Does that make sense?
1: There's there's many points of it, Mm. definitely. For one thing, it helps to know at least a bit how a computer works, how algorithms work, how how a program is structured, just to understand the operating system. Uh, The second thing that you said is semiotics to Kind of know what is behind the media, how how the informations are handled uh, before they before they reach you in the end. Yeah, and then then you have to have the literacy to to judge your sources. Like every news source has a bit of a bias, and I think it's important to know uh, where you could place them on a scale. Um, don't believe everything you read, but don't mistrust everything as fake news as well. Mm-hmm. Like find a way for yourself to get information that uh, you can use or you can make up your mind of, of the different different sources.
0: You mentioned this thing about data being something that should be, information should be free to everyone. And going back to the, the book, um, most of the characters live with the feeling that their lives could be turned upside down in an instant because of someone breaking into their data on the network. They also believe the network knows more about them than they do about themselves. This is an extension of the sense of paranoia felt by many people in the 1970s. This interview that I'm reading is quite old, so I would say it's maybe even more part of today. Uh, believing themselves to be powerless in the face of political and economic forces over which they have no control. In our current moment, looking at the big forces of the world, U.S., China, Russia, um, the European Union it kind of stands alone, or not completely alone, but they're definitely the most progressive in trying to protect data privacy. What are your views on the future of this? Do you think the rest of the world will come around and adopt uh, similar data privacy laws, or do you think it will be a continuing struggle against places like China, which are awarding social points to their citizens for their online behaviors and not able to buy plane tickets or rent apartments because of their lack of social points.
1: I'm sure it is going to be an ongoing struggle because even in Europe where we might have stronger laws for privacy, it's it's not enough what we have right now mm-hmm. and uh, the big companies they gather data. That's. That's their business. That's that's their model of making money. And the only way we can we can defend that is by maybe not using them anymore, but making our own decentral and encrypted networks that fulfill the same purpose, but not for Apple and Google and Amazon and uh, but, but making a parallel system something like
0: the mesh networks that are being developed here and another
1: as an example yes are just trying not to use Facebook anymore because everybody knows it's collecting personal data of you and if you connect that with your Amazon shopping list and if you connect that with your pictures you put online of course maybe the the system or the company and maybe some AI AI algorithms, uh, well, they think they know more about you than yourself. I think the real danger is if these, if these systems don't work and, and suddenly think, well, you're doing illegal stuff or you're a potential terrorists, even if you just clicked on the, the wrong sites or liked the wrong tweets.
0: <laughs> As part of the hacker bible, which I believe was written in a couple of different parts, but it was also written almost 20 years ago, and so some of the, the questions I'll ask are, are perhaps a little bit outdated and maybe we can update them or, or negate them if they're not um, valid anymore. One is kind of like what is uh, create creative chaos. And in the Bible it says it's a very important objective is the the new human right in the worldwide free exchange is the worldwide free exchange of information unhindered to achieve something like the Freedom of Information Act in the US but make it worldwide. Well update now we have um, something much newer the the european union has has passed laws that are much stricter how does CBase contribute to this the struggle for information act i know you talked about you all have informative nights are there any ongoing projects that people can look up and try to become a part of
1: what we do I have is for example once a month we have a crypto party. People learn how to encrypt their mails, encrypt their data, surf anonymous on the web. Give them the tools for digital defense, for example, or like the information. And uh, of course, people can can come with their own projects, and we'll try to support them and, and try to find other people that uh, they they join together. Because I think that's one of the main things here is that all the different kinds of specialists, they, they meet and mingle. Mm. And you have the lock pickers sitting together with maybe the Ingress players, maybe with some open street map people, with some free Wi-Fi people. And I think the, the information exchange between these different branches are a typical thing for, for our space.
0: A social but also kind of professional hub where uh, different groups can meet here and then
1: I think the, the function as a social hub is very important. People have a place to go to. It's a place where you can sit in the bar and discuss about operating systems without people looking at you and, mm. and, and, and wondering what you're talking about. And you always find some specialists uh, to, to uh, some subjects. And I've learned so many things just by, by sitting at the bar and after a while asking what, what are you talking about? Can you explain that to me? Ah. And, and then they come and they are happy to explain that.
0: In this openness of sharing, what I gather, that's very much a part of the hackerspace community, that if you know it, you almost feel obligated to share it, almost like a Steve Wansiak versus Steve Jobs, where Wansiak was passing out the blueprints to the first personal computer at their local computer club, while Steve Jobs was like trying to snatch up all the papers so they could go and make money off the thing.
1: Well, we do all, I think most of us believe in the idea of free software and open source software. And that is about sharing. And that is the basic idea of universities since over a thousand years. It doesn't make sense if you gather information and then keep them for yourself. You have to share them, for one thing, so that they can be verified or falsified by the peer group, that they can be discussed, that they can be developed further. And you can only do that if the information is open.
0: Another theme that came up in the Bible is that that, the whole computer science will affect people's interaction. I was recently listening to Jaron Lanier whose current project is to speak to us all about cat videos and how we are all trained dogs by our social media and the reason why we like to stare at cute cats on screen is because we envy their freedom. their 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 will to be free in the world we're all we're all the trained dogs how is creative computing a part of of freeing ourselves from being these trained dogs like why is it important to make things and then i guess the second part of that question would be is there a smart way to use social media are there alternatives i mean there's the delete facebook movement um, but are there other smarter ways that we can use the tools we have or are there alternative tools
1: of course we can use social media for the better, definitely. That's where the media literacy comes comes back in place. I mean, for example, they found out that high Facebook usage actually results in filter bubbles, which are extremely problematic in the right wing spectrum of, of politics here in Germany, where you see how people feel safe when they sit at their computers and write hate posts and. Uh, Start shitstorms and do these kind of things, and then in the end, go to the street and actually start hunting foreigners and set refugees home on fire, which is like a serious problem. But of course, the other side uses uh, social media just as well. and You don't want to organize anything without social media uh, mm. today because you use the tools that you have.
0: So, what about this idea of the creating part? Should everyone be creators with these new tools in order to understand them better
1: not everybody has to be a creator that maybe would be go uh, what would, would go a little uh, too far but I think it's important that you have a little respect for the for the technical gadgets that you actually void a warranty and open up your device to see what's inside or to mm. be able to repair it yourself have the right to repair it yourself because like a, a thing that you can't fix yourself it's and not yours or where well, you have to by buying it right, not not even buying it anymore but only renting it so it's, it's it's not yours and the companies keep a lot of rights for them and I think that will be really interesting for vehicles in the moment for example if, if more people would have looked inside the software probably the, the diesel scandal hadn't c- couldn't even go that far
0: for those not familiar with the diesel scandal what's the what is the diesel scandal
1: VW and I think Mercedes and BMW as well, they kind of put a software in their cars so that when they were tested, they didn't put out that much pollution. But as soon as they were on the streets, they would uh, break the limit. Wow. I mean, the engineers knew that. They built it like that so that. When they were tested, they saw, oh, I'm being tested. I think I don't use as much gas. And <laughs> as soon as they're on the streets, they did. And now they're like, in serious trouble.
0: <laughs> <laughs> From the Bible, uh, the negative uh, to know the negative of the computer, and this is kind of what you were just talking about, it leads to a new form of orientation on the machine. And that, that our machines are actually teaching a kind of uh, speechlessness. And then they refer to this 1926 metropolis as, as, a, as a parallel. We want to try to pull people away from their daddle games and move them to a more creative use of the medium. In the CCCB literature, I see repeated reference to mythologies, to uh, literature, to film. Seabase uh, has its own mythology that if it's to be believed, you're, you're here from outer space. Do you all coming from outer space have a better vision of what our Social media could be and this problem of mass manipulation, especially you know, it, given the last couple of years with elections. And, and, you know, well,
1: it's not the members that come from outer space, it's uh, the spaceship itself. Ah, okay. The station crashed here three and a half billion years ago because there was a problem somebody spilled a. Uh, space soda over the console and instead uh, there was a problem with a flip-flop in the asimov constant and instead of uh, folding space to go forward through space uh, the station made a leap backwards in time and 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 crashed on the freshly terraformed planet and so we are just regular berlin humans that try to reconstruct the space station and uh, extract the data from the future of course nobody believes us that's why we built this club to do education in software, hardware and networks so that we can reconstruct the spaceship without anybody noticing it.
0: I was definitely told the first night I visited here not to buy any property in the vicinity of the um, antenna. When the spaceship goes, it will all be destroyed. Um, yeah, or, you, or so, so will be taken along. I, I definitely <laughs> sense that this, this is um, a space for, for uh, where things can be very light and, and fun but I also understand that uh, being connected to the CCCB um, that there are also very serious things that go on uh, and the very powerful of the world uh, can get pissed off. So from the Bible talks about just we're at the opposite of of computer criminals. Um, who invade computer systems for their own financial gain and sell anything from there. Just as we clearly distance ourselves from people that copy software and and then resell it, white hat hacking can also get you into trouble. We hear about the most negative, but what are some of the more successful examples of white hat hacking? Um, How does this benefit society?
1: It makes the system safer. White hat hacking is, by definition, we try to find weak points in the software and fix them. That's the idea and the advantage for everybody is that they have safer systems and maybe the Linux operating system is one of the best examples for that because there's thousands of people working on it trying to make the system better, every iteration, every every version and they do it by publishing their stuff, putting it in, in the open and exposing security vulnerabilities. May it be in voting machines, may it be in embedded hardware in your car, in your phone, in your laptop.
0: Thanks for (laughs) spending the time. Um, No problem. Definitely recommend, if if someone is interested in hackerspaces, this would be an excellent spot to start whenever you all have open house uh, events or things for the the public to uh, join. It's basically open every night. And I'd recommend to
1: have a look in the calendar to find an evening where there's something that you're interested in and then just come by or just come by and have a look around, have a Marta at the bar, meet some people, it's
0: always worth it.